I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 21, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a market that has, at least for now, been officially rejected at the 50-period moving average. That's the first thing that jumps off the chart at me. We've had a nice gap down today, and the market came into a very, very important number. We're going to talk more about that as the video goes on. 273.50 was, in fact, important. Where did that number come from? It came from inside the numbers before the market opened. Let's recap a little bit about what happened yesterday. Yesterday, we were focused on 281. Giving up 281 on the downside was going to be trouble for the market. We had a gap down below in a couple of pivots, but either way, understanding that we gave up 281, the market was now in bearish mode, no longer bullish mode until and unless they were able to recapture 281. Yesterday, we also discussed a couple of things. We discussed that the market has gone up, had a little pullback, went up again, has another pullback, can't it go up again? And the answer is, yes, it can. The question is, where does the pullback go? Is it a deeper, a much more pronounced pullback? Is this one of these going on? Do we have a large wedgish pattern that's just going to come all the way down to at least double bottom, if not more? That's always possible, but it's too early to tell at this point. We have gateways in between, if you will. What are those gateways first? What is a gateway? A gateway is where the market has to get below and even close daily at minimum of hourly below a certain number in order to have another number as a target. That's just the way the market works. I would love to be able to tell you that next Tuesday the market's going to be down at the lows at around 220 on the SPY. I can't do that. Somebody else can do that, that's fine. I don't have the capability of doing that. What we can do, and we should focus on what we can do, not what we don't have or what we can't do. What we can do is we can identify important numbers. If the market is above an important number, it means one thing. If it's below an important number, it means something else. The market closed the day today on Tuesday below 273.50, closing the day at 273.04, That's the first signal there's lower prices ahead rather than higher ones. Here's the after-hours market activity, and what you can also see is they're fighting their way back, trying to fight their way back above 273.50, even in the after-hours session. It's an important number. We're going to drill down to the intraday charts and look at some of the activity from an intraday perspective using a variety of different charts. Before we do that, let's cover the daily chart. What are the important numbers down below that come to mind that we need to be aware of that the market will want to target as long as they stay below 273.50? The first one is 265. We cleaned up the chart a little bit. For now, we take off the 288 and change. We don't need it right now. The market's headed in the other direction. The 265 is the 20 period moving average, the reason why we identify 265. 
Not so much. We talked about this one the other day. Let's reiterate one of the reasons why 265 is important. The byproduct is the 20 period moving average. That's a mere coincidence or an accident. And we know in the market, there are no coincidences or accidents. It just happens to be. When the market gapped up this day here and closed the day at 264.86, it's close enough to 265. That in and of itself wasn't what made 265 important to me. However, the next day, the market went up again or it gapped up again and it basically collapsed all day long, filling all that white space created at the open. Where was the close? 265.13. So again, we're rounding, we're using 265. The following day, the market gaps up again It comes down and it makes a low for the day at what? 265 and a quarter. We're rounding 265. So somewhere along the line, someone thinks, meaning the market thinks, that 265 is important. We happen to right now coincide that number with a 20 period moving average. Guess what? If the market comes down and it comes down hard from where we close the day today, 265 is a number. The market should find that minimum of intraday support at 265. What's the next number below 265 of real importance and not a number from an intraday chart because there are intraday numbers in between. The next major area from the daily chart perspective is 256.73. Why is that? It happens to be the gateway the market would have to get through before filling the gap which exists at 250.76. Am I saying the market's going down to 250.76 anytime soon? We don't know that it is or it isn't once or until it gets below certain numbers, but we have to be pre-prepared. We're going to be the umpire. We're going to talk about both sides of the tape. Right now, we're talking about the south side of the tape. There is a north side of the tape, of course. Speaking of 250.76, we've got to put the line on the chart. We've got to identify the gap. Before we go down to the intraday charts and take a look at what we find after we put these numbers on the daily chart, that's how we refine the numbers. Let's discuss briefly the north side case, the bull case. So let's take this breakup candle here from the 8th. The low is, once again, around 265. It's 265 and a quarter. So let's say price comes in here, maybe it hits the 20 period moving average, maybe it doesn't, but what we do have is a breakup candle, and what we do know is that price likes to come and test the lows of breakup candles and the highs of breakdown candles. So once price gets to, if it gets to, or in the vicinity of the low of this breakup candle from the 8th, the 8th of April, then we're going to have to have an awareness because at the time, the 20 period moving average on the daily chart, which will be higher tomorrow, will be coming into price or price will be coming into that. And what also is that? That's home base. What does price not like to do? It doesn't like to get too far away from home base. What was up here? Price. What was down here? Home base. Was it a little far? Maybe. Is it coming back to home base? Maybe. Is that anything different than we've ever discussed in the past? No. It's an awareness. Anything more than that on the south side and inside the numbers members will have a beat on it early in the commentary. How about the south side case early and then the rescue operation? 
What's a rescue operation? It's where they come in to save the market, and I say that with air quotes. The market ends up being saved early in the morning or at some point, turns around for some reason unbeknownst to anybody, other than the fact that they hit a number, find stability, and they start trading higher. How does something like this take place? Well, we saw a rendition of this yesterday. So let's say the market is gapping down or trading down early in the morning. What generally happens is you get a lot of Johnny-come-latelys hop on the put train. They buy puts, hoping for a collapse in the market. Just at the time when the last Johnny-come-lately has bought his or her puts, they rip the market back up in the other direction, issuing, you know what, a pie in the face. We get a short squeeze, we get panic buying, we get momentum buyers, and then we get FOMO, which is what? Fear of missing out. Buying begets buying, and all that ends up forming another bottom and potentially another higher low. I'm not saying that is happening. Obviously, it's not happening yet. However, it's an awareness that it can happen. It happens all the time. We just need to know when we show up each and every day in uniform, ready to go, we need to know, A, both sides of the tape. We need to know the important numbers. We need to know, by the way, If the market is trading higher, what is that number that creates the next segment or the next leg of buying in the form of likely a short squeeze? Inside the numbers members have those numbers. What is the number that they need to get below? They need to close hourly below and trade below in order to have more downside. Well, today that was 273.50 and we could see all day long the fight that ensued in and around 273.50 and guess what traders understood that and traders were able to trade around that it's not for everybody but some of them did let's take a look at inside the numbers real quick not going to belabor the stuff what i want you to do is i want you to read it if you're at all interested to or actually do trade in the market intraday you need to understand what's going on here inside the numbers so i wanted you to read it pause the video start and stop it whenever you want read the notes and go back to the charts and see what happened in the pre-market i have no choice but to use the es contract so in the morning i use both and then as the day goes on i generally morph into the spy but focus on the es 2732 number this was put on the board probably before 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The corresponding SPY number within a point or so, within pennies or so, happens to be what? 273.50. Let's scroll down. You can read the rest of the notes. And by the way, here's stocks on the move. We'll go look at the charts as well. Two of the opportunities hit their price objectives today, creating tradable opportunities, SPCE and CVX. We'll take a look at the charts and see what happened to stocks on the move in a few moments. Let's scroll back up and see what else happened in the notes, specifically the early thoughts. We're already on top of, and this is right around 930, 9.20 in the morning. The early thoughts are posted a few minutes before the opening bell, anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes before the opening bell. You see it, 273.50. And now I'm refining the number 27.30 in the ES. So early in the morning, we're already zeroing in on the important number long before the market's even considering the opening bell. 
Let's move it along, scroll up so you can read the notes. You saw in the pre-market notes slash early thoughts, 2770. In the early thoughts, it was listed as 2769. That was to be resistance. Check the charts. It was, in fact, resistance. Here's a five-minute chart just for kicks. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's trading activity on this five-minute chart. And you can see the 2769, 2770 area went a little bit higher, but that was all she wrote. Posted before the opening bell. And there you go. There's the CVX trade. You can see they were doing the deal. So we won that trade. We'll still look at the chart anyway. And I'm just going to scroll up and you need to start and stop at your leisure. If you're not interested, so be it. Check out the 1014 post. Where was the spider at 1014 in the morning? Here's the 1015 candle or the five minute candle ending at 1015. Closing price on that candle, 276.53. The early pivot, 276.75, below, they should get to my number. Hashtag, going out on a limb. If that's not clear as day, I'm not sure what is. Moving right along. You know the rest, you know what happened, they went to the number, they went below the number, they rallied from below the number, but they hung around there, for the most part, once they got there, all day long. Back and forth, up above, down below, but all day they pretty much hung around the number. Let me scroll up. You can read at your leisure. You can see exactly what was going on. But the theme was basically 273.50. Some other stuff happened. They started rallying a little bit. So we identified exactly what they were doing. If they were going to stay above 273.50, then they were going to at least make an attempt. They didn't have to get there, but make an attempt for 277.07. Why? It's a breakdown candle high. Why do I say that? Because we know what happens. The market or price likes to go up and test the highs of breakdown candles and the lows of breakup candles. Moving right along. We also had an issue today with the website, so I apologize to Inside the Number members. What happened was the site wouldn't load, so it was a problem from the hosting company. Those things happen. It's out of my control. It's out of everybody's control. It just appears fixed all of a sudden and that's precisely what happened but it doesn't matter because what happened was the trades for the day were done this took place after two o'clock that they had an issue with the website so for example i get an email from a new member blaming me for missing trades because the website went down well what they failed to realize is the website went down after the trades please do me a favor don't send me stupid stuff You want to send me questions? You need help? More than happy. That's what I'm here for. You send me stupid stuff, it's a good way to get fired. I don't need the headache. Believe me when I tell you folks, I'm working as hard as I can for the benefit of my members. I get that everybody can't see that. Some people don't believe that. Believe what you want. It's fine. I get all that. But in this one, we're going to use the 80-20 rule, and it's a lot more than the 80-20 rule. But as a general rule of thumb... The 80-20 rule says most people are pretty happy with inside the numbers. There's always a rogue few, that's fine. But most people, based on the feedback that I get, are happy with the service. We'll come back to the SPY and look at some of those intraday charts in a moment. First, let's take a look at the two trades that did trigger today off that list. CVX, which is Chevron. The number on the board, 79.70. Low of day, 79 and a quarter, not bad. High by 11 o'clock in the morning, 83.18. 
nice little rocket ride. We do this all the time, folks. From the outside looking in, if you're not familiar or haven't seen this over and over again, if you're new to this channel, then it looks like, in a lot of cases, we're trying to catch a falling knife. That's not the case. It's how you look at and approach the market. That's what counts. Stocks, price, is always headed for a destination. Whether it's on the way up or whether it's on the way down, once it gets to the destination, it does one of two things. Either... It turns around and goes back in the other direction, or it stops and hangs out for a while, which is an indication that it's likely going to do something else. What? Have a continuation move in the same direction. Some may say, well, there's a third option. What happens if it cuts through that price like a hot knife through butter? That's not the third option. What that option is, is I had the number wrong if that happens. Does that happen? Sure it does. We don't win every trade. It's impossible. We win most of the trades. Using the 80-20 rule, we win about 80% of the trades. Those are the numbers. We show the trades in every video so you can go back and double check. Here's another example. SPCE, Virgin Galactic. 1678 was the number on the board before the opening bell. Low of day, 1656. You can see what happened once it came into the price it became alive, turned around, went back in the other direction. In short order, they're at 1740, and they also got to a high of 1747. It's not tremendous, but it's a pretty darn good trade. Guess what? The stock opened over $18 today. What was I doing looking down at 1678? It's a just-in-caser. Guess what? It happened. It's a volatile stock. Know your customer. Know your inventory. Stocks are my inventory. All right, let's short hop our way back to the SPY in the hourly chart real quick. You can see what's going on here. We have a bearish, wedgish, flaggish pattern developing. In the notes from inside the numbers, this was the breakdown candle that I referred to. They started to climb up to the top or towards the top. They never even made it anywhere near the top, but that's what is going on when you see price climbing after a breakdown candle. What are they essentially doing? They're essentially eating time off the clock, building energy to do what? Have a continuation move in the same direction, in this case, lower. What takes that lower off the table? A hourly close, or I should say an hourly close, above 277.07. That holds true tomorrow, and it held true today, and that was in the notes inside the numbers. Remember before when I said when we go down to the intraday charts, that's how we can refine some of the numbers from an intraday perspective. Where are the support areas from an intraday perspective, the stuff we can't see on the chart when the daily chart is on the screen? So as an example, and this is how I refine the numbers, when I give a zone, for example, I may say between 263 and 265, the market should find an assemblance of support. Where does that come from? Well, when we look at the chart, if I scroll back, we can see that the market ran up to, what's the high in this candle? 262.80, just short of 263. Same routine here, the high is 263 and a quarter. The high here is 263.33. So somewhere in here around 263, the market ran up and was rejected. We finally broke above that, and that, my friends, becomes another important number. We have an important number on the daily chart, and guess what? 
we have another important number on the hourly chart. It's an arbitrary 263.17. It's a round 263. My OCD wouldn't let me keep it on 263.17. Now, when you look at the daily chart and then you look at the hourly chart, this is how you see how the sausage is made. What about the 120-minute chart? Does anything change? No, we just see those pivot highs over here a little more defined. It almost looks, from the 120-minute perspective, as if 263 is more important than 265. It's of note, maybe a puzzle piece. It's on the table. If price is coming down, we need to be aware of 263. 263 was, in a sense, the breakout. Does anything jump off the chart on this 120-minute chart? Anything important? Something we may not have seen on other charts? And the answer is, yeah, maybe. We came into the 50-period moving average on this chart today. We're not able to get through. Now, price is eating time off the clock. It's consolidating above the 50-period moving average. So as it does that, it diminishes the importance of the 50-period moving average. But we should note that they did find stability or support in and around the 50-period moving average, which coincided with what? An important number. It was a little bit below, but somewhere in and around 263 and a half. Know your charts, know your numbers. How about the look from a 240-minute perspective? Anything change? Yeah, a little bit. We're below the 20-period moving average, nowhere near the 50. So we have different looks on different charts. We need to know all this. One chart does override another. Which one is that and how do we know that? The larger time frame is always going to be the overriding chart. The higher time frame, we'll just say the more data that exists in each candle is overriding to ones that have less data. There's more data in a 240-minute candle than there is in a 120-minute candle. More time. Time is more important than price. Where have you heard that before? What's the net-net takeaway from the S&P 500? Above 277.04, either on the opening tomorrow or on hourly closes, that's bullish, not bearish. Anything less than that, we're in the same position we were today. 273.50 is the line in the sand. Below that, they're going lower. Above that, they're still eating time off the clock. That's the net net. Now it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to have comments under the video from traders saying, you never tell us anything. All you do is go blah, blah, blah. Those are the traders that can't stick around all this time to find out the net net. What don't they have? Patience. What do you need to be successful trading the market? Patience. What are those traders looking for? The silver bullet. Does the silver bullet exist? No. Can you learn if you stick around here? Yeah. You bet your bottom dollar you can. What's going on in Camp IWM? Well, not much different than yesterday. They filled the gap today. They're above the 20-period moving average. And as long as they stay above this 20-period moving average, this is precisely what's going on here. As long as they keep closing above the 20-period moving average. Now, I can draw this any way I want. I don't want to be trying to point something out that doesn't exist. This is just for illustration purposes, but if in fact they stay above the 20-period moving average, and we could even do it like this. Here's an up move, and they're just going back and forth. This is eating time off the clock. This is generally setting up 
for another or a continuation move higher. To where? In this case, to at least the 50-period moving average. That's what this is doing. What takes that off the table? Daily close below the 20-period moving average, more specifically, below 114.56. That's the deal. What's going on down at the transportation department? Interesting. They're on top of the 20-period moving average. They're a little bit ahead of the power curve. Is this, in fact, the canary in the coal mine? Well, we know the transports, incidentally, my second favorite market-leading indicator, the IWM is A number one, but this is my first favorite canary in the coal mine. Is it bullish or bearish, holding the 20-period moving average? Is it telling us it's going lower, closing on the 20-period moving average? It's inconclusive. Just because it closed on top of it doesn't mean one thing or the other. What is the hourly chart telling us? Consolidating all day long, being capped by the 100-period moving average for the most part. So they're eating time off the clock in a bare flaggish pattern underneath the 100-period moving average. So here's the down move. There's the flag. And guess what? Ultimately, this should trade lower doing what? Filling the gap. And that would be what? A symmetrical move. Where do you find that? In the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. You want to learn the other stuff? Where is it? In the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. How about the Qs? Pretty big healthy down day today right into the 50-period moving average. So yesterday, nothing wrong with the market. Today, they kill them. Are they more likely to fill this gap and go lower than they are to turn around and go back up above and stay above the 100-period moving average? As it stands right now, the momentum from a short-term perspective is in the downward direction. They're more likely to fill the gap and then some. Here's the hourly chart. That's what the hourly chart is telling us. The hourly chart is saying, hey, they're coming in to visit the 100-period moving average or more. What's the target for the Qs? If they get a hard sell, it's around 196. Where does that come from? Comes right out of the course. It's that symmetrical thing again, and it's also something else. What's the something else? It's in the course. And it's not to the penny, by the way. It's an about, it's an approximation. 196, I'm rounding. How about the financials? Anything different here? Into the 20-period moving average, Closed right on top of it. Does that tell us anything? Not necessarily. We can make a case either way. Looks similar to the IWM. Can make a case it's just a pullback. Going to make another or second higher low. Take off to the upside, run into and through the 50-period moving average. That's the bull case. Can that happen? Absolutely that can happen. Is that what the chart is telling us now? Not so much. Same routine. You go down to an hourly chart and it's saying something different. Similar to everything we just discussed, I'm not going to rehash the obvious. Anything different with Smash Mouth? Nope, didn't come into the 20-period moving average yet. However, as the SMH, which is the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Exchange Traded Fund, as the SMH comes into the 20-period moving average, we have to note something. Look at where it is on its chart relative to other charts. Now, the SMH is a leading indication within or for the tech sector. So we have to note, and it is of note, it's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. It's weak relative to other charts. 
If they give up the 20 period moving average on the daily chart, it'll be below all the moving averages again. The reason we have relative weakness is because not all the charts are coming into their 20 period moving average. Some of the other ones we looked at were well above it as it stands today. These are things that are of note, they're puzzle pieces, they're on the table. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. This was everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.